And I invite you now to pray with me and to pray for me. Lord God, take my words and speak through them this morning. Take our hearts and speak to them. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence and I invite you to bring conviction to our hearts through the living word that you will initiate healing and transformation in our lives. I ask this all for the glory of your great name, Lord Jesus. Amen. I invite you to have your bulletins open to page four so you can follow along with the readings. I also invite you, if you have a pen or a pencil handy, to have that out. I found that taking notes and jotting down insights radically improves whether or not I'm ever going to remember anything. I hope that helps you as well. I always read scripture with a pen and paper handy for that reason. I jot thoughts or questions. I may rewrite a scripture that particularly spoke to me that day. I note my struggles and my joys, and I find that it even helps when I write out my prayers. I don't really follow a plan with my daily reading. Every day I try to read something from scripture. But in general, I try to read a little bit from five areas. And that would be the Torah, the prophets, the Psalms, the Gospels, and finally, from the New Testament. Some days it's just 20 minutes for all of it. I don't read a lot. Other days I may read more, especially when something catches me and I want to keep going. I'm currently in Exodus and Isaiah and the Psalms and in John's Gospel and then in Romans. And... It shouldn't surprise me, but it continually surprises me when God takes wherever I happen to be reading in scriptures and then he connects two of those scriptures, Old Testament to New Testament or Psalm, Psalms to the gospel. It's, it's powerful when God does that. This past week, I just happened to be reading through John's gospel, chapter 10. That's where I was. And there I was struck by Jesus' confidence in his identity. In John 10, he speaks of himself as the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd, he said. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He knew who he was, the good shepherd. And when the Jewish religious leaders came against him, Jesus declared something even stronger. He said, I and the Father are one. As they were picking up stones to kill him for blasphemy, for, for saying that he was equal with God or that he was God. Jesus asked them a question. You notice he didn't run away. He didn't hide. He stood there as they were getting ready, preparing to stone him. He asked him a question. Do you stone me for blasphemy or because I say I am the son of God? Jesus knew who he was. He wasn't afraid of his identity. He was entirely confident in his identity as God, the son who was fully divine and God, the son who was incarnate, who took on flesh, the son of Mary. Adopted by his father, Joseph. He was fully confident in his role in God's salvific plan for the world. 
You know, identity is at the forefront of our cultural moment. Who am I? That's a question that many are seeking to answer. We all really want to know that answer. And it doesn't matter how old you are. But particularly at this cultural moment, people are asking, who am I or who do I want to be? One's answer to that question sets in motion all kinds of things in one's life. Pursuits or relationships or priorities. Knowing oneself, knowing one's identity is a determining factor for one's life trajectory, for where you're going, for how you're going to live. Jesus knew his identity. And his identity stands right before us in our reading from Matthew chapter 16. Before we get to the details of that scripture, I want to touch on the context of what has happened and what is happening in Matthew's gospel. So this is roughly the midpoint of Matthew's gospel. Matthew's narrative history of Jesus's life. Jesus was born and he grew up in Matthew's gospel. He was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him. Jesus began his ministry and called his 12 disciples. And he now travels with a large group of followers with massive crowds coming along. At this point in Matthew's gospel, Jesus has taught the masses. He's confronted the Jewish religious leaders. He's confronted their hypocrisy. And he's also challenged them with a message. I am initiating a new kingdom. I am initiating a new covenant. Jesus healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He prayed through the night. Staying awake to commune with the heavenly father. He released the demon possessed. He miraculously fed thousands. He walked on water and commanded the weather. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three Gospels record the scene that we just read this morning. Jesus has led his followers about 25 miles from Galilee into Caesarea Philippi. Essentially, he's taking them away from the crowds, from the stress that they were under. Can you imagine waiting for Jesus to feed 5,000 people or participating in the feeding of 5,000 people? And then 4,000 after that. And then and all that they had been through. Jesus takes them on retreat. He takes them to a beautiful and peaceful location in the foothills of Mount Hermon, where they stay perhaps for a few days or for longer. And we don't know everything that happened there. I imagine there were a lot of questions for Jesus. I imagine there were a lot of naps. I can relate to the disciples and I like a good nap. I imagine them decompressing with Jesus from the stress. As they're hanging together there, Jesus asks them a question. Who do people say that the son of man is? That's what he asks there in verse 13. Now, the son of man is a Jewish concept. It's the prophetic identity of the Messiah. Matthew's previously recorded multiple instances where Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. 
The disciples have come to understand Jesus as the messianic son of man. So Jesus isn't asking here about the identity of someone else before his disciples. Who do people say this son of man is? Jesus is asking them a question about himself. It was recorded differently in Mark and Luke where he said, who do people say that I am? That's what Jesus is asking them. Who do people say that I, the son of man, who do do people say that I am? Look in verse 14. How How do the disciples answer? Who do people say that I am? They say, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. They they named a bunch of dead Jewish men. Their answer reveals that they believed the end times had arrived. That's significant. There was common Jewish belief supported by the prophetic books of Scripture, supported by the apocryphal books written in the intertestamental period. There was common Jewish belief that there would come a future moment That would be the end. We just heard part of that in our reading from Isaiah. My righteousness draws near, verse 5. My salvation has gone out. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment. It was common understanding that the arrival of the Son of Man, the Messiah, would bring the end. In that future end, prophets of old were expected to appear. And that explains the people's comments. Well, it's one of these dead guys. But it also said, as we saw in our reading from Isaiah, there will be natural and supernatural disasters and upheaval, and then the Messiah will appear. These prophets are forerunners of the Messiah. And then there will be a final judgment where there will be redemption and salvation for the faithful and judgment for the unfaithful. So for the people to believe Jesus' identity represented a formerly dead prophet, they therefore believed the end time had arrived. If they arrived then, are we still in them? Yep. No different. Then, can you imagine the buzz that 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 information would have caused among the Jewish people. Jesus, we think is the son of man. We think he's one of the prophets. We think he's the end times are here. And for them, the end times weren't a long period of time. The end times were the end. That would explain the crowds gathering around him everywhere he went. No one wanted to miss what was going to happen next. Everyone wanted to see what Jesus was going to do next and when the end would come, when he would take his throne. They wanted to see God's redemption and God's salvation. They wanted to see their enemies punished. They see Jesus as the precursor of the return of God's presence. And here, Jesus doesn't react to their responses. They answered that way. And in answer to what they said, in a very Jewish way, Jesus asks another question. Verse 15, but who do you say 
that I am. Verse 16. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. In verse 16, Peter responds and speaks what he's come to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. You, Jesus, are the Christ, the son of man. You, Jesus, are the Messiah. Peter there reveals Jesus' true identity. He declares it then and he declares it now. Jesus is the Son of Man. Jesus is the Christ. Peter, among this intimate group of men and women following Jesus, he was certain. Even though he didn't yet understand what it meant. He was certain who Jesus was. He he knew Jesus' identity. And that fact had profound meaning on all who heard it that day, and it should impact us equally. Jesus was not just a forerunner of the end times. He was the one. The Messiah was here, so the end times are here. Jesus is recorded here at the end of our passage, verse 20, strictly charging the disciples to tell no one this news that he's the Christ. Luke and Mark also record record that and What Jesus is saying is this kind of news is dangerous. Don't tell anyone. I kind of expect the opposite. Tell everyone. But Jesus' identity wasn't understood yet, so he commands silence. And why is that? Well, next week's gospel reading, the following verses that we will read, They tell the story because Jesus' identity as the Messiah will not play out as they expect. Jesus isn't going to take his throne and rule on earth. He's going to be tortured. He's going to die. And then he's going to come back and be resurrected from the dead. Jesus' mission wasn't to conquer the enemies of the Jews or the Roman Empire. His ultimate mission was to conquer death. So that those who believe in him might have eternal life. Unless death was conquered, there is no eternal life. By faith in Jesus Christ, his followers then and you now have life. You have eternal life to live and eternal life when you die. Peter answered the question. He knew Jesus' identity. He didn't answer for everyone. He answered for himself. And Peter would learn what his answer meant in the following days. The other disciples heard Peter. They heard Jesus. They heard Peter affirm Jesus' identity. And they all now knew Jesus didn't deny. They all knew Jesus' identity. And they would, like Peter, all learn what it meant as they lived their lives after Jesus' resurrection and ascension, as they were tortured. As they died, they continued to witness to who Jesus was in his identity. They continued to witness for Jesus and tell the story. So Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and that is good news. When it's heard and understood for what it means, it should change everything. It should inspire change in how we live, in what we worship. In the loving of our neighbor.
knowing Jesus is the Messiah, should inspire us to stand with the black community in these days to come. To not turn away, but to stand up. You've heard Peter's words. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. But hearing is not enough. I ask you, do you believe it? Do you put your faith in Jesus? I ask the Lord this morning that he will work in every heart that's hearing this message, here or later online. That the Lord will inspire new faith and hope where there is none. If you have no hope today, I encourage you to turn to Jesus or turn to one of those sitting around you and ask questions. Pursue the truth. For those of you that are weary and downtrodden, I pray that this message encourages you. Strengthens you to be courageous as the disciples were and to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. To stand up and love your neighbor. For those of you that are following Jesus, that he will strengthen your faith. And like the disciples, you will be his witnesses in all that you do and in all that you say. Declaring his identity. Jesus Christ is Lord. May it be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.